Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is episode 55, and I am really excited to welcome Bergen Hyde to the podcast today. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the co-founder and the creative director of Womb, which you're going to hear more about in this interview. She lives in Provo, Utah with her husband and three kids, and her number one passion is women's issues, especially within the context of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she loves helping women claim their power. And fun fact, Bergen and I are both speaking at the upcoming SALT gathering on September 14th in Salt Lake City, and I am looking forward to hearing what she has to say there and also meeting her in real life. And I know you're going to love the things that she shares today. So welcome to the podcast, Bergen. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Really excited to dive into your story. And you have you really have some great things to share, um, a wonderful mission of of helping women. And so... Let's start off by talking about your own motherhood and your, your own motherhood story. So I know that you told me that while you were growing up, you knew motherhood would be the most fulfilling thing that you would ever do. So how have those expectations been met and how have they not been met? Because we know like expectations don't, things don't always turn out how we think they're going to. So how have you dealt with all of that? Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good question. I think I'm still, I think I'm still working on it, but I've made some progress. Maybe to begin, I remember as just a very small child bearing my testimony that I was a daughter of God, and I felt fire in my heart about that, and it was really real for me. I'm already crying. Just know that one of my spiritual gifts is talking and crying at the same time. <laughs> We're just going to roll with it. But um, And even as like a young adult and a, um, as a teenager and then a young single adult, that testimony was really strong, and, and actually my husband and I met as EFY counselors and he interviewed me for the, for my job um, on the phone. And I thought he was an old man married in an office, but he was my age and single and I was going to end up being with him. But, um, and in the interview, he asked me, he said, what are you going to teach the young women? And I, and I just said, I know that womanhood is divine and that motherhood is so sacred. And, I'm going to share that testimony with them. And I felt it so powerfully. And then I had, and then I had my first baby and it was like my, everything I thought I ever knew about who I was and about what motherhood was going to be um, just crashed and burned. It just fell to pieces and I was left in a pile of, of ashes. Um, I had a very traumatic birth with my first, with my first, um, baby with my daughter and I think that kind of just triggered this experience of feeling really disempowered by being a mother and it just I did not understand I had prepared my whole life I had prepared my whole life to be a mother and I looked forward to it and I and I had this testimony and what had happened it was really hard um, and I just really struggled. And looking back, I don't think I did not identify it at the time. But looking back, I had some pretty probably some postpartum depression and 
um, there were even points where I was suicidal and um, we were, we went to therapy and, and I kind of got up out of the kind of the lowest of the low, but it didn't quite heal. And, um, and then I had a se- I had a second baby and it just all kind of came rushing back in all of this, like feeling of like this, this struggle I was having. And, um, and I finally decided that I just, if I didn't get out, if I didn't do something that it, that I didn't think, I didn't know if I was going to make it. And so I kind of on a whim just decided to go to esthetician school, (laughs) which maybe sounds like a really weird solution, but I was just like, I need to do something. I have to change this or I'm going to be stuck. And I, I went to esthetician school and I worked, um, for a couple of years in a spa. And then, um, I had my third baby and yeah. So I think what really changed for me was that I'd released myself from all of these external expectations that I felt like so pressured by that I had to be home all the time and I had to be happy there. And, and I had chosen something for myself that was different than that expectation. And my kids were okay. And I was okay. And everything was okay. And I, I went to work. And then when I was pregnant with my third, I just felt like, I can choose to be happy either here and my kids will be okay. Or I can choose to go home and I can choose to be happy there too. And I felt like I was an agent in my own life. Like I was making this decision from a place of like real um, agency and choice and not from like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think that's really what changed it. Because I, I did, I chose to come home when my um, third boy was born. And I, it just, I felt completely different. I felt like a totally different person. And it was still hard. Like there's still those days where you don't want to do it and you're tired and your kids are, you know, really having a hard time or whatever. But I feel so, I just, I'm different. And that's what makes it different. I think everything you're saying is so relatable. Like we all have expectations of how things are going to be. And most of the time our expectations are not met, right? Like a lot of times, especially when it comes to motherhood. So I'm sure that many people are listening and shaking their head and saying that, you know, I can totally relate to that. And I love how you were able to come out of that and just make a choice that it doesn't matter where I'm at. I can choose how I'm going to react and, and what I'm going to do. And that, that brings me beautifully to what really the heart of what I wanted to talk to you about. Cause when we were preparing for the interview, you kind of told me you had three main lessons that you've learned in motherhood and you just alluded to the first one. So I really want to dive in and talk about this. Your first lesson is I'm happier and more fulfilled when I'm an agent in my own life. What does that mean? And how has that looked for you? The first way is, is what I just shared that and I, I think maybe maybe saying it this way might be helpful. Like I know that at any moment I can choose something different. At any moment I can say, I'm going to choose to start a business. I'm going to choose to go to work. I'm going to choose to go back to school. I'm going to choose whatever. And that 
if I choose that from a whole place and if I choose it with God, that everything, everything will be okay. And if I feel called to do something, if I, that somehow the Lord will provide for my kids, if I need to be away a little bit or for me, if I need to stay a little bit. And I, and I've seen that through all different phases of my motherhood, that there's times when I felt like I really need to be present at home right now. And I'm going to choose it. I'm going to choose it from this place for myself, um, from my heart, from a whole place, and not because somebody else says I'm supposed to. So I think that first experience kind of relieved me of this feeling that if I chose something other than what what I was handed as a you know as a young woman, that things would go wrong, that things would be bad, that my kids would be hurt, that. Um, I let go of all of that fear. And now I just know that if I choose something with good intent and with God, that everything will be good. Everything will be okay. And things can still be hard, but I can find joy. So I, um, yeah, there's been times when I feel called to, to be more present at home. And then there's times when I feel called to start a project or to do an event or to be involved in something. And then, you know, I feel called to kind of come back and, and I feel like God and I are partners, that I'm not doing things that he's telling me to do. I'm doing things that we both want for each other and for my kids and for the other people that I feel called to serve. And, and I feel more like at peace with making those decisions because I, I know that I can be happy either way. I like the word that you use, that you're an agent in your own life, which, yeah. which brings up the word agency, right? and acting and all of that. And, you know, we have the ability to choose and to act. That's a, that's a gift that God has given us. It's a beautiful gift and we can work with him and, and do all the things that he wants us to do. And I also think when you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, there's a flip side to that. You're a mother and you, you know, this is where you're at. And you can also choose to not have that. I mean, it really is a choice. You could make a choice to walk away from it. I mean, you're probably not going to do that. And that's main, there's going to be consequences for that, but you can choose to be present and be there and be happy. And you can also choose to walk away from it. That's, that's the way it is. I I know that sounds, you know, bad or, you know, not exactly how we think, but really, if you look at it in that respect, it really does kind of open everything up and say, yeah, this is really what I want. And I'm going to make this work. And I love how you're using God as your partner to do that. You know, something that reminds me of is we were in a therapy session and maybe this was kind of one of those like turning point moments. We were in a therapy session with an amazing therapist that God sent to us. I was with my husband and sometimes we went separately and sometimes we went together. This time he was there and the therapist, my therapist, Mary, my patron saint, Mary, the therapist, (laughs) she, she said to me, she's like, you are so capable and you're so smart. Like you could you could do all these things. And she starts kind of listing things like you could go get this amazing job. You could go get a master's degree. Like she's kind of listing. And I could feel like, yeah, wow, the, the possibilities. Like I kind of was having this feeling of excitement. And then when she, when she ended, I just, I heard this, my, it was really, it was my own voice. It was me saying to myself, like, but what I really want what I really want is to be happy at home with my kids. And that was an important, like, that was an important moment for me because 
when you're stuck kind of in this, in a victim mentality of like, oh, I have to do this. I'm supposed to do this. And you think that, um, sorry, you think that getting out and having a new life and being free from all of these obligations and expectations is what will make you happy. Like if I could just live in a mansion and be a CEO and like have a nanny or whatever, or run away that every, like that I would be relieved of this. But when it came down to it, when I actually allowed myself the possibility of choosing that, the answer inside of me was, but what I really want is to be a joyful and connected mother with my children. That's what I really want. And, and I think we can give that gift to other women. We can say, you can choose all those things that you're dreaming about that you feel will release you from what is what you're struggling with. And when we do that, it allows them to kind of let go of the fear of choosing something else. And I think what Mm -hmm. we'll find is more often than not, women will choose to be loving, engaged, happy mothers with their kids and partner with God in that sacred work. And then also have them the strength to do other things they feel called to do. Anyway, yeah, I, I think we need to just let women be free to choose and trust that God will lead them where they need to go if they feel less of that pressure, less of that kind of cultural external pressure. Yeah. Yeah, everything you're saying, uh, you know, the struggles were coming externally, not internally, right? If I'm hearing you right. Yeah, I feel like they were for sure internal struggles, but they were so colored by those external expectations. And I think we we maybe have a cultural issue with that, like kind of living externally, like, oh, look, like I showed up to church and like my house looks nice and my kids are dressed and like, check, check, check. I've done you know, I've done all the things that I'm supposed to do. So now I'm good. And it's like, but if we don't do this internal work of dealing with our stuff, then none of those things will do, will really fulfill their purposes. Like I've read my scriptures my whole life. And it wasn't until I claimed this space for myself that my scripture study felt alive and exciting to me. And it's like, just reading your scriptures to check it off the list or because someone else said so isn't the point. The point is that it feeds our souls and connects us to God and reminds us who we are and inspires and motivates us to do God's work. And if it's not doing that, then something's wrong, right? Like if it feels like a burden, then maybe we need to do some digging and figure out what's keeping us from, from the blessings that God intends when we keep his commandments. Yeah. Well that, okay. You just led in perfectly to the second lesson that I want to talk about because this is about questioning and those are, that's definitely something that comes from inside of us. And this is the lesson that you told me, I can engage the Lord in hard questions from a position of faith. This is a topic that I really want to dive into because we all question, right? And a lot of times we keep it in and we think we're bad for having a question or we want to live this external life where everyone thinks that we have it all together and maybe inside we don't and we're questioning. But I really love what you said that you're questioning from a position of faith. So explain what that means. To me, that means if there is something like a doctrine in the gospel that's really 
bothering me and I feel like it's hurting me or even like a cultural practice or like a, a program or a any kind of position that the that the church holds or something that I that I've believed for a long time if it's hurting me then it's not God that's the problem it's it's I it's my perception of that truth that's the problem so and that's not to say like sometimes I think there's there's you know of course there's cultural things that are that are an issue but like if I don't resolve it within myself, then I can't do something to change it. So I can just stay mad and be like, well, this sucks. This thing is terrible. And every time I go to church, I hear it over and over and over again. I can do that. And I've done that. And I still mm -hmm. do that sometimes where I'm just like, okay, I don't think I can handle one more person saying such and such, right? But when I resolve, like, why does that bother me? Is that God saying that? Heavenly Father, what did you actually mean when you said that? Like, if I, if my, okay, so to simplify what I'm saying is my base assumption that I always come back to is my heavenly parents love me. Mm -hmm. They love me. And if something is hurting me or doesn't feel right or isn't resonating, it's not because they don't love me or because they're not there or because the truth isn't the truth. It's something, it's my perception of what's happening that's the problem. And when I, when I shift from like, oh, everything is terrible and I'm just going to like, it's like nails on a chalkboard and I feel kind of, I don't know, oppressed by it. I switch and I say, okay, God loves me. I'm going to ask these questions from that place with the assumption that God loves me. I, I can give you an example. So I've had a feminist streak for a long time. And um, when I see certain things that have happened in the church or that still culturally happen in the church where I, it seems like women are not being respected and honored, it's really painful for me. Instead of saying, well, God must be sexist. <laughs> because I think if we really follow sometimes our train of thought far enough, we would see like, Oh, like at the end of this, like if we believe that the church doesn't respect women, but the church is led by God or by Christ, then that leaves us at this really weird impasse. It's like, well, either God doesn't exist or these people are really wrong or this isn't his church or God is sexist. Like what, where am I going to go with that? That doesn't take me where I want to go. I just get stuck there. And then I'm really resentful and festery. So instead I say, no, God loves me. He loves his daughters. And he says that we're powerful. She, our parents say we're powerful and that we have something significant and unique to offer. So, and then, and then from there I say, so is what is off in this situation the culture and my perception of the truth or is it God and the truth? Anyway, so that's a place I just always go back to. And then when I'm in that place, when I'm like, God loves me and the truth about who I am as a daughter of God is here. It's here more than it is anywhere else. Then I, then I find it everywhere. And then I know what I can do to make it better, to make maybe our cultural practices or our paradigms or perceptions come more into line with that truth.
that's been there all along. I just have to kind of, I have to be willing to, to shift so that God can show me, so he can open my eyes, so that um, Christ can, can work with me um, from the inside out. And yeah, so that, that's really how I, how I try to deal with my hard questions. And I have lots of them. And sometimes they're answered really satisfactorily in beautiful, miraculous, like soul stretching ways. And sometimes he just says, you'll get there. You'll get there there. But it, but I know there's a real answer, like a real loving and empowering answer to all of my questions. And the more I ask them from that position, the more that I know that that's true. I totally agree with you. And I, I'm looking at this and seeing here's these two opposite ends, right? You've got this end where you can be mad and you can be upset and you can question God and think, does he really even exist? And then from this other end, you know, where you've gotten is, yes, I have heavenly parents and I am their daughter and they love me and I'm going to cling to that and, you know, seek those answers. But what about, what about that woman that is right in the middle of all that? And hasn't quite gotten to that point where you're at, where you know your divine worth and you know who you are. And because you know who you are, you can, you can get through those hard questions. What would you say to that woman who is struggling and is in the middle, somewhere in the middle of all of that, trying to get to where you have, you have gotten? I think first of all, like if I was face to face with that woman and, and that does happen to me, I'm those sure women, those women are, yeah, I've been there. I've really been there. And I think first of all, I would just say, I love you. And I know how you're feeling. And walk with me. Come walk with me. And talk to me and tell me. And I think one of the best things we can do for women that feel that way, or and men too, is just to say, your pain is real. Where you are is hard. I see you. I see that. I see that this is hard and and just be with them in that space be willing i mean this i think this is exactly what it means to mourn with those that mourn and i think it's it's easy for us sometimes when we're not in that place to be like well if you would just do this and if you would just do that everything would be fine and i think that can be it can compound the problem and be very dismissive to those people i have people really close to me in my life who have been who are survivors of sexual abuse and other kinds of abuse and really difficult situations that are and that those situations are really closely tied to their faith and to their experience in the church i think i carry a little bit in my heart for those women i just i'm going to this is going to maybe be hard for people to hear but i'm going to say it anyway when we tell women who are really struggling, especially when we don't know their story, we don't know why they're struggling and where those wounds are. When we tell them, um, just, just, just talk to Jesus about that. Just go to Christ and just talk to Heavenly Father. If they've had trauma with men and we tell them to just follow the prophet or go talk to their bishop, we, we don't know how triggering and hard that can be for people. And I've had times when people were just like, you know, Christ can make all of that right. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to him. I want my mother, you know, like I get, I've been there and I'm like, I need a woman. I need a woman. Stop telling me to go to a man. I have felt that. And I have felt that feeling. And I still feel it sometimes. 
And I'm going to share an experience I had that I hope will be helpful to people who feel that way, who are in that place, because it's really real. And I think sometimes it's hard for us. It's hard for us to hold space for people who are in that struggle when we haven't been there. If they're having a hard time with men because of their life experiences, when we keep giving them male figures to go to, it doesn't help. And I think that's maybe why so many women are searching for their mother and searching for a divine feminine because there's some healing that needs to be done and it needs to be, we maybe need to kind of come back around by going through exploring women in the scriptures and and women leaders in the church and finding these divine feminine qualities i think that can be so healing for women and they can come back around to christ and heavenly father when we allow them to take that journey i had this experience um there's a woman named valerie hudson castler i don't know if you know dr hudson but she um has written a lot about women in the in the church and she's just an extraordinary human. She's a convert to the church and she studies women's issues and is a professor at a university. And she um she wrote this manifesto, a feminist manifesto, and I and it outlines how women have struggled throughout time and and what women are now facing and what she kind of sees in the future as things that women are going to be up against. And I read it and it felt like it cracked open the gates of hell inside of me and this darkness that I had kind of been putting, you know, that I'd been stuffing down for a really long time just came pouring out of me. And I was really angry and it was really hurt and it would hurt so much that so many women and these struggles are real. There are women all over mm-hmm. the world who are feeling this. And I it just poured out of me like black poison and I just raged. <laughs> and, and and I just want to say if you have those feelings tucked away, it's good to feel the that those feelings. We cannot leave them there. They have to be felt. We have to, we have to walk through them. And my good husband, he sat in the car with me while I just like spewed <laughs> and he held space for me. And it was really important for me to feel those things because I'd been pushing them away for so long. And, um, and he held space for that. And he honored that I felt that way. And it was really powerful for our marriage and just for me personally. And it felt afterwards, I just like felt like this huge release that I had walked through this kind of valley of the shadow of death. But then as time went on, I could, there was still this big hole. There was still this big hole and like a wound that was now empty of all this kind of blackness, but it was still there. And and my husband um, said to me one day, I could just kind of feel it starting to fester a little bit. And he was like, something's not right. And I didn't like that he said that. It made me mad. But I, but I felt the spirit saying, this hole is still there. And there's only one person who can make it right. So I went on a walk um, the next morning really early before anyone was out and about. And it was a little bit dark. And I just poured out my soul to God. And 
and I called out for Christ and I said, please, like you watch with me through this darkness, but this wound is still here and I know you're the only one who can fix it. You're the only one who can heal this. And I'm letting go. I'm letting it go. I'm forgiving. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let it go. And it was almost instantaneous. I felt the Savior just like, just put his healing balm in those wounds and fill that space with his love and light. And it's, it was the first time in a really long time that I felt in such a visceral way, Christ's love for me filling up that space. And I can testify that no matter what wounds we have, no matter how dark, no matter how deep, that Christ can heal them. But we have to be willing, we have to be willing to face them and to walk through them and to get therapy and to do that hard work, whatever it, it is. And Christ is the only one who can fully heal those things for us. And I feel like a completely different person. And I can feel his love and I can feel him working through me. And I'm so grateful because I couldn't heal that myself. And it took me a long time to be ready to do that with him. But um, he was always waiting with his arms stretched out to me. He was always ready to be there when, when I was ready. And it's okay if it takes you a little time. And just start reaching out to people who can hold that sacred space for you and get the help you need. And when you're ready, Christ will be there. That is so beautiful, Bergen. Thank you so much for sharing that, which... That is your th- that is your third lesson that you were gonna, that we were yeah, going to talk yeah. about. You shared it beautifully, and that it is that Christ is the champion of women. He he loves us, and I think your story illustrates so well. You know the, that it's a process that we don't just say, you know, here I am, and it's all good. And you know, there's always there's struggles that we go through, and that's the purpose of our life. And um, your story just illustrates beautifully how we can get through. You answered my question perfectly. Like, what about those women in the middle? Well, you've just given them hope. And I think there is, there's a reason that we're feeling this, this drive in our generation to know more about this, have these divine feminine roles for us. And I, and I, it's no coincidence that we live in an age where we can share our stories openly that we can share them around the world all at once. I mean, you just came on this podcast that anybody in the world could hear and hear that story and know I'm not alone if I feel that way. And if, if Bergen can get through this, I can too. And I can get to that place where I can feel the savior's love and have him be around me. We have, we have, it's, I don't think it's any coincidence that that's the age that we live in and that there's a reawakening. I know you've, you talk a lot about that. And I think that's beautiful. You have just given someone hope. And I'm so grateful that you were open and honest and sharing that. And that's what we have to do. We have to share our stories with each other and it, we will help each other to be able to do that. So I know that's your purpose with, with womb. So tell me a little bit about what that is and what you have going on there to help women. Yeah. So um, womb started because really of all these lessons that I've been learning about about women and God's plan for his, his and her daughters. And, um, I, it was, again, I just, I, 
I'm kind of, I'm an introvert and I'm constantly like analyzing and thinking and I've got all these. And just for the last 10 years, I've had all these lessons that God's been teaching me about what it means to be a mother and a woman and um, to belong to the church and to be their daughter. And I just, they were stuck. They were stuck inside me and they were kind of driving me crazy because I had no place to put them. And talking to my sister Gentry and then my sister-in-law Sarah, we were all kind of feeling the same way. Like we've got to figure out a place to put these things that we're learning so that they're not just suffocating us. And um, there's other people who need these things. So we started Womb so that we would have a place to put these things that we were learning about, about women and what God has for their daughters. And, and I just, like you said, I feel so grateful to live in the time where I can get onto Instagram for free and make a, a, a little feed and a handle and just start sharing things with people that I may never meet Mm -hmm. (laughs) hopefully I'll meet some of them in real life but it just feels at first you're kind of like I'm just throwing this out into the void and who knows if anybody will find it or care but it just at first was just this huge release just to have a a positive place for it to go and it just could flow there but now we have people that are, you know, sending us DMs and making comments and they're like real life people who care about what we're saying and who need to hear some of the things that we've learned. And it just, it feels really magical and beautiful. And I thank God every day for every single woman who finds our feed. It just is a miracle to me. It's a miracle to me to have a place to share it. And Um, I think maybe one other piece of advice that I would give to women who are struggling is start talking about it. Because as soon as I started talking about it with my sister and maybe my one or two close friends and we started making plans, start talking about it and then start creating the things that you wish were happening. If there are conversations you wish were happening, get your friends together and have them. Don't be afraid to have them. Like, We had a few months back where we talked about menstruation on our page, which is something that I feel like we just don't talk about this enough. And I think there's some beautiful, empowering, sacred symbols in what's happening inside of our bodies. And I just was annoyed that we weren't talking about it. And then so I just gathered my friends together at my house and was like, let's talk about menstruation. Let's talk about our periods. Like, what was it like for you when you first got your period? How do you want to teach your own daughters? Like, what struggles are you having now with it? Like what's birth control like? What's it doing to your, like we, and we just, we had the best conversation. I realized like women are dying to talk about this. I'm getting kisses from my three year old. (laughs) So that would be, that's why womb exists. And I hope that it inspires other women to have the courage. If they want to talk more about women in the scriptures, do it. You can do that. Have people over to your house. Like if you want to talk about about body image or sexuality and you're wishing that people would talk about it at church in in more empowering ways then don't wait for someone at church to do it maybe church isn't the place those things need to happen maybe that's why we're doing this whole home-centered church supported thing is because the lord is trying to say no it's you the real power is in you it's in your own home in your own circle in your own family with your own friends this is where the real work happens come and get the ordinances at church but 
start creating good things, the more I create and the more I open myself to these conversations, the more I realize I'm not alone and that there are answers and that there are other people who will support and walk with me. And I have amazing friends who are doing their own kind of work. And I'm just, yeah, I, yeah. So that would be my advice is if womb is any inspiration to people to do that, to create something for themselves, to make art or to gather their friends together or whatever, just do it. If you feel called to do it, do it as Alison Faulkner would say. <laughs> yes. I, I love it. I love that you have done that. And, and it, it goes to show, I mean, you don't have to have a huge platform to make a difference, make a difference in your neighborhood or your kid's school, or make a difference with your own, just with your own children. That's huge that you don't yes. know the impact that's going to have. So I love that you're doing that and that you're sharing that. And we will link up in, I'll link up all of the information about womb in the show notes. And I'm so grateful that you're doing that and that you're sharing these stories so that we can all feel more connected and know that we're not alone. That is so important. So I have one final question before we wrap up that I ask everyone on the podcast. And that is how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? Uh, yeah, I love this question. After I had my second baby and I kind of was struggling again, my husband gave me a blessing and in the blessing, I don't remember anything else he said, but in the blessing, he said that Christ was walking with me as a mom and I did not feel him there. I didn't. And I couldn't see him there, but I knew when he said that, that it was true. Christ is walking with me. God is walking with me as I am treading my own path back to them and I can see his his grace flowing through me and I can see the ways that he he makes up for my shortcomings and he um, and he loves my children in ways that I can't and he just softens everything and sweetens everything and and he makes things holy I I I don't know. Like sometimes I, my kids are the most like magical human beings on the planet, on the whole planet. He, he's their parent first and our heavenly parents, they, my kids belong to them first. And I, I feel more like we're just being raised together, my kids and me. And I'm just, I know that Christ is walking with us and that our parents are, aware of us and that they are watching over us. I just, I don't even know how I know, except that it, I just know because when I say it, I know. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And you, you are a light and you've just given hope to someone. And I'm so grateful that you would take the time to do that. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, I'm just really grateful for the chance to share my story. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.